everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. My name is Ryan Janke, and right here is Corey Litton. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's good. It's good. Well, I I shouldn't say that it's good because it's not. For me, it was a horrible sports weekend. Why's that? Well, the Bison lost. Yeah. The Broncos are just horrifically bad. They lost last night. Then you got uh, Ross Chastain got uh, came in second this weekend. That's still good for him, though. Well, yeah, it's good for him. But it's a good points day for him. He needed that. That's true. It's our. It's it's not horrible. Meanwhile, yeah, I I'm a little upset that the Bison lost. I'm not surprised because South Dakota is really good. Or South Dakota State's really good, but mm-hmm. I am also a uh, Jets and Vikings fan. So it was oh. a, you know, the the Jets made me happy twice by the, beating the Packers. The five and one Jets. Yes, along with the five and one Vikings. It's it's a little crazy. Five and one Jets, five and one Vikings, five and one Giants. I'm never used to seeing the uh, Vikings and Jets win on the same weekend. <laughs> so I, usually they like to make my make my life pretty balanced. Sure. One will win and the other one won't, yeah. or they both will lose. Uh-huh. So <laughs> well, very rarely do they win at the same time. And I'm a Phillies fan, so I got that going for me. <laughs> well, yeah, it was uh, for me. It was a, it was a rough uh, sports weekend, but. For for racing, there was some action. Yes, there was. Uh, that started off uh, Friday, October 14th, I-80 Speedway in Greenwood, Nebraska. The property has been sold out there, so and it's a land right thing. It's not they're they're not gonna not gonna keep the track going. So it was the final outlaw race ever to be held at the I-80 Speedway Speedway in Greenwood, Nebraska. David Gravel jumped out to the lead right away in the final outlaw event there, and uh, Carson Macedo ramped his, the front wheel of Gio Selzy coming out of turn number two. That caused the caution right away. Gravel again jumped out to the lead on the restart. Spencer Baston brought out the red flag with 23 laps to go out of the 30 when he hit the wall and flipped over in turn number two. Gravel again was tough on the restart. Sheldon Hottenshield uh, passed Brad Sweet for third. Keep an eye on that one because that's a big and important for the points here for uh, the Outlaws. Hoddenshield then ran down Macedo for the second spot with eight laps to go as uh, Gravel negotiated through traffic. Gravel found some clean air and picked up the win with with uh, Sheldon Hoddenshield finishing in second. Macedo finished in third. Gravel closed the gap by 10 points down to 56 Ooh. points as the leader Brad Sweet finished in the fifth position. And uh, Fargo's own Donnie Schatz finished in ninth. We move on to Saturday, October 15th. Um, I don't know why I didn't watch this one. Uh, I might have been busy that day. <laughs> I, th- I think you were. Yeah, I turned 40. Yeah, the big 4-0. <laughs> and believe it or not, the reason why my voice sounds like this is not because I turned 40 and had a big party at, at uh, my family's bar on Saturday night. I sounded like this before the night started. But uh, they're racing at Lakeside Speedway in Kansas City, Kansas for the World of Outlaws. Gio Selzy had better luck on the start as he took off on lap number one, and he left Aaron Reitzel, Logan Schuhart, and James McFadden to battle for second place. Schuhart chopped away at the lead with 26 to go as McFadden and Reitzel battled side-by-side for third. Schuhart then uh, took the lead with 22 laps to go in traffic from Selzy as McFadden closed in the top two. The uh, top three just diced it out in traffic for the next several laps with Selzy taking the lead running the uh, top lane. Um, and uh, a guy named Kurt Keene, who was a real good announcer out of the Wisconsin area, uh, he uh, he always likes to say, chicks dig guys that pass in the high side. <laughs> That's his his line. Okay, and uh, <laughs> and he does that while doing uh, ice oval <laughs> racing. So I mean, you got to really know what you're doing to pass on the outside in that. Okay, um, Schuhart, uh, he got the lead back with 16 laps to go, but Selzy got it back in the following lap. Then uh, McFadden went on the attack, leading, uh, taking the lead from Selzy with 10 to go. 
As this was happening, the top two in points were hashing it out as Brad Sweet took third place from David Gravel, but the caution would come out for Reitzel slowing back or uh, slowing down in the back straightaway. Then uh, Gravel went on the offense and he had to he tried to take second from Selzy on the restart. Sheldon Hoddenshield also tried to take fourth from Brad Sweet. James McFadden cruised to his first win of the year. It was like 90 starts since the last time he had won a race. Uh, so great job there by James McFadden picking up his first win of the year while earning Roth Motorsports number 99, Ooh. their 99th win. Selzy finished in the second spot. Gravel finished in the third. Brad Sweet finished in fourth. And Donnie Schatz finished in eighth. That meant that David Gravel chopped away just a little bit more at the points. So uh, looking at the points here with four races to go, Brad Sweet is your point leader. Then it's David Gravel, 54 points back in second. Carson Macedo, 136 points back in third. Donnie Schatz in fourth, he is 240 points back. Sheldon Hottenshield is 258 points back. The only one, again, like we said last week, who has a shot at this is David Gravel. Mm-hmm. Sitting there 54 points back. I believe they have four races left in the season. Okay. So, well, yeah, that, that yeah that is, that's, what I put in, that's what I put in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> They have four races to go, and they're coming up on a makeup, which is going to be this next weekend. They were supposed to have the weekend off leading into the final three races of the year at the World Finals out in Charlotte, but they're going to make up the National Open at Williams Grove Speedway in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, Saturday, October 22nd. Very fun. We had some wild NASCAR action, which was, uh, which was good times. We got the call here from NASCAR.com. Joey Logano right in the middle of the racetrack for the final time. And the gap staying the same. Chastain doesn't have anything for Logano. Joey Logano coming in. He was second in the rankings in this round of eight. But a win here. Welcome to the championship four. Good job. Way to fight. Good job, Paul. Yeah, it was uh, it was a big uh, day for Penske racing out there, and uh, there were some uh, fireworks going off there in a, during a day race. Yeah, well, <laughs> well Bubba Wallace, he looked, start, he looked strong at the start. He took the uh, first stage win with Joey Logano finishing in second. Joey Logano earned a lot of points during this one. Stage points, if he wasn't first, he was in second. And so that meant that he was gaining at least nine points, I believe, a stage. Um uh, Daniel Suarez finished in third in the first segment, along with Christopher Bell finishing fourth, and Ryan Blaney finishing in fifth. Blaney also scored a lot of stage points uh, uh, yesterday, Sunday out at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, but then uh, there was that drama with 15 laps after winning stage number one. Bubba Wallace got run up to the turn four wall by Kyle Larson. Wallace bounced off the wall and then abruptly turned left and drove directly into Larson, spinning him driver's side first into the wall, collecting playoff contender Christopher Bell in the process. Remember, Bell won last week mm-hmm. just to make it into the to the round of eight. Right. It looked to me like maybe Bubba just drifted down the track. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at, when he realized when he realized that's where he could go. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I I can't totally say that it was on purpose because I wasn't in the car and I didn't see what the damage in the car was by the time that sure. it all of a sudden just really turned left. It did hard. Um, we don't know if there was any other damage with the steering. That's that steered him in that direction, but that's true. I've seen a lot of things in my day, and that's one <laughs> of them. Uh, but uh, Wallace had a few choice words and a few shoves for Larson after the incident that took them both completely out of the race, as well as Christopher Bell, 
Stage two was owned by Penske as Ryan Blaney won that one. Joey Logano finished in second. Austin Sindrick uh, led for a few laps in that stage two as well. Uh, so all three Penske cars were well represented in. I think uh, Sindrick ended up in the ninth spot as well. Mm-hmm. So so he scored some points too in the uh, in the last stage. William Byron had a close call with 67 laps to go as he suffered a massive push in turns number one and two, resulting in him going straight up the hill and into Ryan Blaney. Both drivers were able to avoid disaster and continue on, though. Uh, several restarts within the last 30 laps made it really dicey throughout the field, and several drivers found themselves uh, in contention late. Ross Chastain, Justin Haley, and Chase Briscoe were all battling up front with Chastain getting the top spot. And then Joey Logano got into clean air and was able to run down Chastain for the lead with four laps to go. On the following lap, Logano was able to slide in front of Chastain and, t- and take the race lead through a pretty mean slider out there. Not quite Greg Maddox slider out there, <laughs> but uh, kind of <laughs> like uh, Pedro Martinez towards the end of his career slider. It, it's still effective <laughs> okay. and still will win. Sure. So <laughs> uh, Logano ended up taking up the win. Chastain finished in second. Kyle Busch finished in third. Chase Briscoe finished in fourth. And Denny Hamlin finished in fifth. Going into the where the playoff contenders finished, uh, obviously Logano got the win, and he got pretty close to the most stage points scored, too, as well. So that's going to help him out in the main standings. Chastain finished in second. Then it was Chase Briscoe finishing in fourth. Denny Hamlin finished in fifth. William Byron finished in 13th. Chase Elliott, 21st. Ryan Blaney, 28th. And Christopher Bell, 34th. Uh, the way the points shake down, Joey Logano is your point leader. And uh, Ross Chastain... This is again the first round of first race in the round of eight before they trim it down to the round of four here. Yep. Two more races. Ross Chastain is in second, 21 points behind. Chase Elliott is still only 22 points behind despite the bad effort out there in third. Denny Hamlin, he is 33 points back in the fourth spot. Then William Byron, 39 points back in fifth. Chase Briscoe is 42 points back in sixth. Ryan Blaney, 44 points back in seventh. And Christopher Bell, after winning to get in last week, is 56 points out uh, in the eighth spot in the top eight. Yeah, it's it's tight, and they've got, uh, what, three uh, three races, well, two races until they get into the into that championship race. And uh, so they got Homestead-Miami coming up uh, October 23rd, and then um, is it Martinsville? Yes. After that? Martinsville's the one that whittles it down to the championship four, so that'll oh. be interesting. And that's one of those tracks where, like Chase Elliott's really good at that one. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he seems to excel. Joey Logano, I mean, he's obviously he's good enough where he's won pretty much anywhere. So sure. I mean, it, he's sitting comfortable right now. But yeah. what he can do is still get more stage points, get more wins, put some distance, and put a lot of pressure on everybody else. But we have an interesting scenario kind of coming up uh, with these next two races again. Homestead Miami is one of those tracks where anybody could win yeah. if they ha- if they're on their game that day. It's a very forgiving racetrack with the progressive banking, and uh, I mean, if your car's not working on the bottom, it'll work on the top. It'll or somewhere in between. So it's it's interesting. So any of these top eight or someone outside of the top eight could win because Justin Haley's been been uh, challenging every week lately, and okay. on a team that I don't even know who he drives for. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know who he actually drives for, but he's been doing pretty well putting out a good effort and uh he's been he's been up there so he can spoil it for any of these these guys in the top eight that are really needing to score some points going into the championship rounds sure now we talked about this earlier uh uh before we were recording the uh the bubba wallace situation 
I was telling you that I, I like to read things online, but you shouldn't necessarily do that. Uh, there was some talk online that either Bubba Wallace was going to or should be fined for his little dust up there with uh, Kyle Larson. But, I mean, I you know, it wasn't that long ago that drivers would still settle stuff in the pits after the race. Or, I mean, you know, you got to go way back to find it in the infield like <laughs> like happened this week. But, uh, I mean, is there any chance NASCAR's not going to find them or or dock points, are they? Well, I see him, uh, I see him doing that. I don't see him like suspending. There's a lot of people that are asking for suspensions on uh, uh, on uh, Bubba Wallace, and I don't see that happening. They haven't suspended anybody for an on-track uh, infraction for years. Okay, um, it, it's been a long time, so I don't see him getting suspended. But fined, probably. Really? Um, that'll come out probably later on today. Uh, probably shortly after we po- we post this podcast, sure. it'll, it'll be out in the news because they usually like to do that on Tuesdays. Okay. But uh, yeah, I could see him getting fined, getting some points docked, and stuff like that. I mean, if they're finding you hundred hundred thousand dollars for a part that gets modified, I can't imagine, you know, giving a shove out right, in the middle of the several pushes after you after you knock the guy into the wall, driver's side first. Which that's the thing I don't like the most about the whole the whole incident was the way that that uh, that Bubba turned him. Uh, and Kyle Larson went driver's side first into the wall. It wasn't that long ago where that used to kill people. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, or seriously injure him. I mean, it's that hit was not a very good hit, and it was driver door first on that one in, uh, at the fastest part of the racetrack. And so he's lucky that, that uh, Larson was able to get out of the car. I did notice that he did issue an apology. Oh, okay. It's up on Twitter right now. And uh, – under the it's a it's a whole picture of words okay i think they call it a meme yeah but, uh, yeah and it just says reflection for the uh, caption but it says i want to apologize for my actions on sunday following the on track incident with kyle larson and the five number five car my behavior does not align with the core values that are shared by 2311 racing and our partners who have played crucial a crucial role in my incredible journey to the top of this great sport I want to apologize to NASCAR and the fans, along with Christopher Bell, Joe Gibbs Racing, and Toyota for putting them in a situation in the playoffs that they do not deserve. I com- I compete with immense passion, and with passion at times comes frustration. Upon reflecting, I should have represented our partners and our core team values better than I did by letting my frustrations follow me outside of the car. You live and you learn, and I intend to learn from this. Oh, well, so, there you go. Yeah. Apology made. Yeah, apologize to everybody, but Kyle Larson. <laughs> yeah, you you never know. Um, is he apologizing because he because he he felt he should apologize, or was he getting some pressure from the people who signed his paychecks to oh. say? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he got a lot of heat for that one. Yeah. So, but uh, you know that that stuff happens. Those guys, especially this late in the stage, they're they've been going for, gosh, you know since. Since February, yeah, and, and with very few weekends off, right? It's what 30, 36 races a year, yeah, and yeah, it's it, like uh, Ron Krogh always says, you know, you get to this point of the year, they don't love each other so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So, okay, well, that's uh, that's all the action that we have. Uh, don't forget that you can still listen to Corey Litton live with the KFGO Morning Crew every Friday morning at 640. That is on 790 and 104.7 KFGO uh, or online. Don't forget you can go to KFGO.com and, and hear it live there. You'll do it live. Do it live. Do it live. <laughs> So for a couple more weeks, right? We're taking that into November. Yeah, and I promise my voice will be in better shape by then too, so I don't sound so so uh, so raspy here. But yeah, yeah, uh, I need to get it in better shape by the end of the year. I got a one of my few karaoke gigs a year that I do, so I, I got to oh show off a little bit. Yeah, you sell tickets for that? Um, yeah, if you want to, if you're, if you're uh, foolish enough to pay for a ticket into a karaoke show, yeah, I'll be selling tickets. Uh, good times. So, and, and but a, a couple more, couple more weeks of of uh, KFGO uh, six forty, six forty a.m. Yep, Check every it. Friday. Okay, with the morning crew, Dan and Dan and Doug. Yeah, good. It's good times. All right. So that uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time right here on KFGO.com. Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap.